views expressed on the Health on a Wind podcast is not a substitute for the medical advice of your licensed physician, nurse practitioner, or any other health professional whose care you are under. Consult with your healthcare professional about any matters relating to your health and health needs, and before beginning any new health program or implementing any health information discussed on this podcast or on whatismyhealth.com. I think for me, the bigger success factor is having having my family look at me and say, you know, she just never gave up. Um, my mom called and um, she, she said to me for the very first time in her life that she was proud of, of me doing this. And I was flabbergasted. You know, she just was like, I've watched you and all these years you just never give up. And she goes, I'm really proud of you for taking the risks and going for it. You always turn it into something. And I was like, wow. And I, that was so unexpected. And so to me that I'm already successful. I feel like it's a very common thing for people to want the approval of their parents, whether they can admit it or not. And I feel like a lot of people tend to be a a large source of their frustration is feeling like they, they don't have that sense of approval or that validation maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think it's, it's my age group, especially, um, a little bit more because you know when you know your mom and dad are are probably say the same thing you know they don't ever remember <laughs> I don't ever remember my mom or dad ever saying good job or gee we're proud of you for that I mean I remember all of the bad stuff but yeah. you know with me especially it was always important for me to balance I'm really proud that you you know you did this or you did that and even that I'm proud of them for getting through the tough times you know because the tough times are what make you who you are and it's just difficult you know for parents especially in as your kids get older to to stop being a parent but finally just say hey as a person i think you're a damn good person (laughs) we have many conversations about being parents now and i think it's finally starting to I don't, I don't want to say that it's fully sunk in because there's no way that it's fully sunk in yet. I know that there's going to be many more years for this to sink in yeah. and get to the point where, you know, you guys are at. But I'm, I'm at least starting to see where it's going in terms of my parents were in the position I'm in now, 32 years ago. And their goal was to make sure that I turned out okay. In the, yeah. most, in the most basic terms. And now that's my job. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's like, so to, to finally, and it's one of those things where you knew something to be true, but it took a long time to be able to verbalize that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like that's the situation I'm in where I, I'm formulating that, that thought process of like, okay, at some point I'm going to say something to my parents along the lines of, 
I understand now. <laughs> it, it might be 30 years from now. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that they said it to their parents. It, it's just the way it goes. And um, the biggest joy to a parent is to see, to watch you guys be parents. And to see those things, you know, you don't know some of the little habits that you guys do or things that you do are things that are instinctively in you because of our influence. Yeah. <laughs> There's been times I've caught myself and I, I, I'll, in the back of my head, I'm saying, I sound like my mom or I sound like my dad. And I never... Yeah. Thought, you know that I'd get to that point, but I'm like, oh nope, that's that's mom, that's pure mom oh, right there. <laughs> yeah, well, just wait. When you have teenagers, it all really comes out, and in those moments, those are the little tidbits of wisdom that you captured. And guess what? Same conversation thirty years ago was what your mom and dad were saying to their grandparents. Yeah. And you know, you'll you'll be that parent someday, and they're the perfect bits of wisdom to pass on. <laughs> it's just hysterical. It's like pushing rewind. You yeah. know, it's just. And I can sit there and I can laugh, and then I get in trouble because I'm laughing. But it's just, it just warms my heart <laughs> to know that I passed on some tidbits. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and. You know, and I think that's the other thing about being successful. I love when the girls come to the shop and they're excited that they have ownership of this. Mm -hmm. They were at the shop and we were doing some kids' classes, and so they were in part of that. But before the class started, Every woman that came in the door she walked up to shook their hand and said, Welcome to Wooden Gate Quilts. I never told her to do that or anything. You know, for her to do that, you know, they the ladies just uh, just laps that up. But, you know, she she just is so self aware and she's like, Can I help you? Um, if you need to know, here's what's on sale. Um one of the, you know, either Miss Pat or Miss Margaret or Miss Kathy will take care of you. You know, my 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 nana's over here. Um, just look around, you know. And I'm like, that to me is like, wow, she's proud of being a part of this. Mm-hmm. You know, now if I said you're working here, they roll their eyes, but yet they want to be at the shop and they want to be a part of it and it and it's fun for them yeah. and and i know that i probably will never hear the conversations you know but they'll be they'll be telling their kids oh the days that i worked in the quilt shop with, with nana and, and the first day i got to cut fabric and we were putting things away on the shelves and anyway my fondest memory it was last summer of working there <laughs> they were cleaning and dusting shelves and I walked in the back corner and out of bolts of fabric like a tent and she was under all these fabrics texting her friends and I, I lifted up the top of it and I said what are you doing she goes oh my god this is just such hard work and I just <laughs> needed a break 
it was just hysterical to see that because I remember doing that. I had to work, you know, in, with my dad. And I remember being in the back just going, oh, my God, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. And them coming in and finding me, you know, sitting someplace and, you know, having that same conversation. And that's those little moments. And that's what life is. It's just a bunch of little moments put together. And, on, and I, I'm missing moments. But... That's the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> That's life. And thank God. I, I, I love Facebook. I, and I love FaceTiming because my kids had relationships with my mom and dad. But they talked on the phone. But we had to travel and we spent summers with them to get those relationships. Mm-hmm. So... It, it's funny to watch and you know it's moments that's all it is and as young parents especially with the first one you're so worried about doing the right thing the right way and and is this going to happen is that gonna, you know am I doing this and and then the second one comes and you're like oh my god I'm just too busy to even worry <laughs> and then the third one comes and you go are they all together? Where is that third one? Or where's the, where's the, and you miss all of that. It's an experience and it's a responsibility. It's an experience, but it's part of life. We talked about, you know, how a challenging period can spark something positive. And not that anybody would ever say that having a stroke was a positive thing, but this feels like almost it became a silver lining of that how you know how you came into um quilting after you had your stroke and i know you said you used it as like a form of physical therapy was my occupational therapy oh occupational therapy right it it was an odd happening but it changed a lot changed a lot in me and the way i i perceive the world um and how i react to things some Sometimes I think it's a good thing because I'm not as uptight and serious about stuff. It's like, really? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was going to say that that type of experience must put certain other things into perspective in a way that you couldn't have that shift happen if it wasn't for something like that happening to you. Well, and... You know, and I didn't have what I would consider a major stroke either. It wasn't, you know, for me, it just meant that I couldn't remember things and I had to learn things over. It wasn't, it, so it, the physical aspect of a stroke wasn't, wasn't there, right. which was a, a very, um, it was detrimental in many ways because when I went back, especially when I went back to work, because nobody could tell. Right. Because I didn't have the physical signs of having a stroke. But they they weren't in my brain and they weren't trying as hard as I could to do things. And, you know, and I tried very hard to not let those things happen. Like, there's, there's even... I mean, I'm having difficulty right now because of that. You know, it's it's late, and I'm going, okay, so my brain's not processing very well. So when my brain 
literally your brain has always got some kind of thoughts going. Yeah. At at points, mine is totally blank. So I lose the words and I, I lose things. And I've learned to compensate where, I, you know, I do pregnant pauses. I, you know, kind of manipulate the conversation a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's there's still things that are are there and even in quilting i mean the reason i went back is i couldn't read a ruler i didn't know colors and if i don't quilt on a daily basis and i pick up a ruler i'm i have difficulty for about five ten minutes until i reorientate my brain really so you know it's it never goes away let's just say that it's there's signs for me that are always there and Gene, I, I'll, I'll say something to Gene, and he goes, it's all in your head. He goes, because it doesn't come across that way to any of us, mm-hmm. which then frustrates me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I feel like when uh, it's anything that involves, you know, your mental state and things going on, it, like, it's, it's harder for anybody else to really fully grasp it because they can't see it for themselves. Like, they would right. be able to see a broken leg or, you know, uh, something like that. And that's what people still say to me is like, you had a stroke? You're kidding. You you have no L effects. And I'm like, not physically. That you can see. Yeah. Yeah. That was my luck of gene being quick. Because response time for stroke is, right. is critical. Right. So had I not said anything when I came back from the store, and said something weird happened and I had just gone upstairs and taken a nap because I was really, really tired, the world would be entirely different. Yeah. Again, happenstance in the universe. Yeah. (laughs) All wraps back to the very beginning. Yeah. Real quick, the telltale signs of stroke that people should know to look for. Um, It's... It's slurred speech. So if somebody is having trouble with their words, um, a slump of one side of the face usually, you know, drooping, because a stroke usually happens on one one side or the other. Right. Uh, if it if it takes over your entire body, that usually means it, your brain is hemorrhaging. So it's very very bad at that point um and you know for me it was my speech was a little bit different i never had the drooping of the face but for me what i felt was just an overall numbness on my from my left arm and my left leg so i was dragging my you know my my feet when i was walking and I didn't think I was, but that's what they said that, you know, was happening. Um, so telltale is more, you know, speech and looking at their one side of their face, one side of their body, looking different than the other. Um, you know, everybody is a little bit different. And, and just because you have, you don't have a major stroke where it's, physically you're impairing you forever uh, doesn't mean that it's not serious right i mean me, they consider mine what they call a tia which 
they at that time said it was a precursor for a major stroke, meaning at any point in, within five years, I could have had a major stroke. And there's no way of knowing when that happens. I, you know, I could have been on an airplane. I could have been anywhere. Um, but then, you know, you've got different precursors. So, so the acronym is FASTER, face unevenness on one side of the face or the other, like you said, drooping of the face. Arms, one arming, drooping down or drifting down if you raise them both. S is stability. Yeah, stability, stumbling, yeah. So, yeah, dizziness, hard time keeping balance. T is for talking, slurred speech. E is eyes, difficulty seeing out of one or both eyes or having double vision. And then R is react, or which used to be time, um, (laughs) and call immediately for help. Because the quicker you... Three hours. Yep. Information for anybody listening there. Just things to look out for. Signs of stroke, which I feel like is important to mention on a health podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Which actually brings me to the last thing I'll ask you. I know we talked about definitions of success and expertise and being an expert. What is your definition of health? What does health mean to you? I'm the worst. Uh, I'm allergic to exercise. Uh, Not really, but I don't like to exercise. I like to walk. I, I say I don't like exercise, but for five years I walked marathons. Um, so to me that was an interesting thing. When I turned 50, I decided that I wanted to do a full marathon and walk it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did once. <laughs> um, but I did a lot of half marathons after that. Um, I, To me it's just every day doing something that I love Um, I'll meditate I've taken yoga classes um, but I never stick with any of that Mm -hmm. Um, but I am not lazy either it's it's just that I it's just not something that I enjoy and um, but yet I'm celiac now so you know I have to watch what I eat constantly um, and my body reacts immediately to gluten like immediately and coming back from that and maintaining I, I find that I eat more fruits and vegetables I, I crave more fruits and vegetables and not so much meat or protein um, if I listen to my body I can go days actually without eating without and eating I, meat? without eating anything I'm never hungry now really? Where, yeah never never hungry uh, um, there will be times when I go I didn't eat today oh well now it's too late to eat because I don't want to eat and go to bed Yeah. Uh, but I never I woke up hungry the other morning, like at three in the morning, where I just sat up in bed and went, oh my God, I have to have breakfast. <laughs> and I went downstairs and, you know, I had eggs and bacon at 3.30 in the morning. But 
it's, it's so odd for me because I was always hungry before. It was always, 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 you know, I, my stomach would growl and I was always, I, I had this, I could feel that my sugar levels drop and I needed, I craved sugar and I craved sweets. I don't anymore. This is before uh, celiacs, you mean? Uh-huh. Some times are more difficult. I, it takes me longer to grocery shop. Um, things that I normally would make, I can't. When we go out to eat, I I have to really read the menu. Yeah, and I, it, it's very very limited for me, um, except for Mexican food. As long as it doesn't have flour tortilla, I'm good. Huh. Okay, you know, um, yeah, it's the only restaurants that I can go to that are really celiac friendly. Yeah, <laughs> because it's wheat and soy. And soy is in everything, and and wheat is in almost ninety percent of things that are on the market. Yeah, I mean, I can't even do like meatballs, store bought meatballs, or store bought. You know, go to the butcher shop and and if I used to buy this meatloaf mix already mixed at the store, and and. I just found out that they put breadcrumbs in it. Yeah, I was just going to say they put the, like a classic Italian recipe that my grandma would make. Meatballs always have breadcrumbs or some kind of... Bonding bread. agent, yep. you know? So, yeah, can't do that. So, I have yet to find bread that even resembles bread. So, that's probably why I don't eat that much. But it's, it's interesting because when... We think about celiacs or having a gluten allergy. It's not your entire body. It is mainly your intestines. Mm -hmm. And when you are sensitive to it or allergic to it, the gluten actually attacks your cell structure. And so it's destroying your intestines. So therefore, it's parts of your body are being destroyed so that, you know, your whole immune system goes into overdrive, which then makes you fatigued. So I didn't know that. I just thought, you know, it's an allergy. You know, I, I got to do it. So, you know, I, I'm just more careful. Well, and, and, that's, and that's an adjustment you have to make, you know, like a lifestyle adjustment, basically, with something like that. Oh, because yeah. You know, you're used to eating a certain way, and then all of a sudden, it's taking such a massive toll on your body that you have no choice but to change what you're doing, uh -huh. or suffer the uncomfortable feelings and the sickness and stuff. And so, that's a you have to entirely shift. You know, yeah. your eating habits, what you get at the grocery store, and, and that whole thing. The good thing is, like right across the parking lot from the quilt shop is a gluten-free bakery and restaurant. And this is a excellent bakery. I mean, they make phenomenal baked goods. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give you a chance to... Um, you said you're on Facebook and Instagram. The shop is on Facebook and Instagram? Yep. Where can people uh, find that? It's Wooden Gate Quilts. The Facebook page is Wooden Gate Quilts? Yep, and so is Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then the website? It's woodengatequilts.com. Okay. And like I said, it's 
it's the community shop and I'm I'm very honored that so many of our customers are getting involved and and want to be a part of it which to me hopefully is a good omen um you know so again hopefully they'll take ownership in it and and want to see it stay around so i feel like that's a that has to be a good sign you know if people are invested in what you're doing and you're making people happy like you said your definition of health was doing something you enjoy i mean you clearly enjoy quilting and so do all these people so that in itself is is significant you know it's the people that make the business i'm i'm just the vehicle to keep it open yeah they're the heartbeat i'm excited for you and the quilt shop to be up and running you can find wooden gate quilts on facebook and instagram at wooden gate quilts and woodengatequilts.com uh, you can find me personally mike ocd underscore wimh on instagram and twitter so if you're in the danville california area go check it out and you can find what is my health and follow what is my health at what is my health on instagram and twitter facebook.com slash what is my health what is my health.com i'm glad we got to do this oh my pleasure thank you